Welcome to The Studying. This is a haven of belonging for the Wheel of Time community, growing connections that are rooted in and branching beyond the stories we all love. is where the episode would normally start, but because this was the first one, uh, we had a couple of little technical snafus and awkwardness on my part. Um, So I just wanted to hop on and say, if you're watching the video, that next time our faces will be bigger. Uh, This time it recorded in a way that I didn't expect, and I tried to increase it a little bit in editing, but the resolution isn't that great. So I am going to work on that. And also for my own part, I felt super awkward. Um, Just because it's the first time doing this and trying to like, talk and manage slides and stuff um, was harder than I expected. But Uno was great. And I don't want you to miss any of that. So I'm gonna post this anyway, even though I honestly feel for my part, it's a little bit cringe. Um, But you have to start somewhere. And hopefully it will become easier. And it was still fun. And um we're all a big happy family. So here we go. So I have with me today, Uno. Hi. Um, my, uh, my name is not really Uno. My name is Kat, but I'm mostly known on Twitter of time as Uno and on the Flickr show where I'm one of seven lovely hosts um, together with my partner, Agenor or Mike. Um, I am currently living in Sweden with Agnor and my two cats, and we are all big Wheel of Time fans. Yeah. yeah. So this was really cool. I am joining in from Arkansas, and we had to align our time zones. And so I think it's evening for you. It's kind of a little after lunchtime here. And through the magic of the internet and this um, terangrial we call a laptop, <laughs> we're making it happen. Um, So um, this is the first episode. What I've asked Uno to do is pull together different photos and we're going to pull those up and talk about them. And the first thing we're going to talk about is who were you when you discovered, when you first discovered the Wheel of Time? So I'm going to share my screen and show the picture you sent me for that. It was hard finding like (laughs) <laughs> pictures of, or good I mean pictures yeah, you of did like good. 14 15 year old me somewhere around that I think might be 15 here um yeah so I discovered the books when I in 2003 I think um so I was yeah I was just about to turn 15 um and I had read uh, the Lord of the Rings, like so many, I have very standard finding the Wheel of Time story. So I had read The Lord of the Rings and I just sort of wanted another fantasy series to immerse myself in. And uh, I saw the Swedish cover for The Eye of the World. Yeah, I have and, that. that. Yeah. Farunas um, Väg. And it's called Sagan om drakens återkomst in Swedish. So it's like the saga of the return of the dragon. And I guess I sort of found this cover intriguing. Most of the Swedish covers are really horrible. But fortunately, The Eye of the World, the the first book, looks kind of okay, I think. 
Um, and in Swedish, all the the books were divided in two. So this is like part mm. one of the Eye of the World. Um, but unfortunately, they never translated the Brandon Sanderson books. Oh. So then I had to uh, do a reread. In uh, so I started over with the English books, but I mean, the, that was so much better. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess so. We're going to have this on YouTube for anybody um, who's listening, but for anybody who's so we're going to have it on YouTube if you want to watch, but some people might be listening on podcasts. So maybe we should describe the images. So going back, like you have this cool Metallica shirt. I was definitely not this cool at this age. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I have just started to discover like rock music and like say hi yeah metallica was cool uh was a big linking park fan that was like the first step into like uh rock and metal and stuff like that um so yeah and i think in this yeah i'm i think this is from when uh, me and my mom went to london actually and we're just sitting i think we're sitting in hyde park maybe and mm. having lemonade nice <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, that was sweet, sweet little me. <laughs> and then the Swedish cover has a lot of similarities, actually, to the American one. You've got the moon, the big round white moon in the background, and then land yeah. and moraine. But then I guess that is Balsamon in the hood. I'm is assuming that- it is. Yeah, it should yeah. be. <laughs> Um, and then the snake biting its tail with the the little wheel of time symbol up top. Yeah. And then a lot of fog. So they just didn't want as many characters, I guess, on the cover for this one. Yeah. So it's, it's very purplish. Like yes. Very purplish. Very um, cool. Man in full armor with like two swords on his back and Mandar, Mandar looking really fierce. <laughs> it's a pretty cool cover yeah and now I recognize I think this is the next image that this first fan art is from the cover um I can see that now I loved uh Lan and Nynaeve from the beginning so I my very first Wheel of Time fan art was of Lan (laughs) on Mandarb Thought that was really cool so yeah this was in June yeah June June 2000 2003 so 20 year anniversary this year for me nice congratulations um it's been a lot of we've, fun we've fun been at it for, for a long time <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah this is a really cool pen and ink drawing lots of value shading and mandarb i don't know is he like um I've suddenly blanked on what this word is, where they go up on their hind legs. It will come to me back when it's yeah. no longer relevant. Proud of this when I was uh, at 14 then. Yes, definitely. Like all of the people and horses are both hard. Um, and this looks really cool. So were you into drawing and art at that age? I mean, obviously you were, but were you drawing things before the book? And then this just inspired you to make fan art or... I I've I've always been drawing, um, so I, I mean I guess when I was younger it was like dinosaurs and animals and 
I did some Lord of the Rings when I started reading those books. So I mean, fan like books and movies has always been a big inspiration. So I love doing fan art. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And do you remember yeah. like what it was about Lan and Nynaeve that kind of drew you to those characters from the beginning? I don't know. I I just like I know that a lot of people had problems with Nine because yeah she's a bit of a bully and so but I I know I just I liked her from page one and I I was I remember when I read it the first time then when Moraine and the gang left without her and I was like no no she needs to come with them I want yes. I want to know more about her and when she showed up in Berlin I was like yes <laughs> she's yes. back I um, love Nine too. And I was really excited when she showed up. I was like, okay, yeah. I think it's, she's, she's very human to me. Um, I mean, she, she acts all confident and like bashes people with a stick and just, but she's really <laughs> in, in, in reality, really insecure. And she just yeah. wants people to like see and respect her. And I, I, I think that's just sort of resonated with me in some ways. I um, think a lot of people are coming to appreciate her more through the show because Zoe's doing such oh. a great job acting. Absolutely. So that's cool. I can't remember what. Okay, this is oh. the next <laughs> image. Yes. Um, so you asked like. Yeah, where where was I when reading these books? So I mean, of course, read them over many many years, and that's true. Had to wait, I mean, Robert Jordan died, and I stopped reading them because he died, and it took. I didn't realize that Sanderson had picked up writing the books until, yeah, much later when like a classmate told me that. Oh, but don't you know that this person who I've never heard about is finishing the books? And I said. Oh, I need to start reading them again. So then I was when I picked them up again. I think I was, uh, yeah, studying at university. Um, me and Aggie had moved to southern Sweden for studies. Um, so this is me at that. I think this might be two thousand eleven or something like that. Um, so I was studying to become an osteologist which it's like studying archaeology, but focusing, my major was in um, the study of animal and human remains. So this is me at an excavation with a boar tusk. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the story behind that picture. Yeah. So you were studying to, um, tell me, tell me again how to pronounce these things uh osteologist osteologist so like, um, yeah or you could say like a zoo archaeologist if you're studying animal remains or a bio uh bio, bio archaeologist if you're studying human remains but I, I do both yeah so yeah so I'm sure you did lots of reading and stuff but then you get out there and you're actually like what is it like when you're doing is would excavation be the right word yeah yeah when you're doing like what was it like to do that for the first time I remember like being a little kid and being just fascinated my best friend wanted to be a paleontologist yeah uh, when I was like five um and so you grew up and actually did it so what was it like 
kind of getting your hands in the dirt and actually um, doing that stuff. I mean, I, I love the physical work. Uh, it's really great. Um, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a bit like, a, like detective work. Um, I mean, you're sort of trying to figure out what happened at this particular site. Um, did, did the people live there or did they stop and make just make a hearth and have like dinner or something or um what time period are we talking about um sort of like just creating a narrative and you know just what did people do in the past it's a mystery we want to solve a mystery um and also you can you can say so much from like looking at both animal and human remains of course um like how did they live how did they die uh did they get any injuries did they have children what, what happened to them um and i guess that also ties in with like um reading and enjoying all like it's it's storytelling in different ways yes yes I was getting that as well very curiosity driven yes I would very much be a brown yes yes me too um so yeah I guess when like look thinking about the connections between that and the, the wheel of time like were you very brownish and curious while you were reading the books about looking for the clues and the stories um was that part of your reading experience um trying to remember but I know we we reread them it's kind of hard to like zone back in on that first read sometimes yeah I mean it was so many years ago I started but but of course I mean you wanted to figure out what would happen next and I probably more so as I grew older uh, I think Wheel of Time was such a new experience I hadn't read anything like that before I mean the first book is of course have many similarities to Lord of the Rings and I I picked up on that very quickly it's like oh oh okay Pat and Fane is obviously Gollum and uh, Matt is like Pippin and Moria and when they're in the ways and (laughs) uh, stuff like that so it oh, also, um, you can keep going if you have more. I uh, know it's just it's, it's hard to remember first impressions and first ideas. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. Um, I've been rereading um, The Great Hunt and there is an excavation in The Great Hunt where they yeah. are unearthing the um, Sangreal. Saw, saw yeah um do you like do you remember if that made an impression on you or like have you reread that since you've actually started doing the work and kind of it's unusual for that to be in I think that's one of the coolest things for me about the wheel of time is it's not just about the one timeline they exist in it's all about the history from before Mm -hmm. and then the future and it's like all timey-wimey um so I'd love to know I guess your thoughts on like if those are some of the themes that resonated with you in the books as well yeah I I really enjoy those parts um 
and the whole when they're excavating the Shodan call. I yes, yes. Not, there yeah. you go. It's like, oh, this is very like 19th century archaeology. It's like, oh, big things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very like monumental stuff. Um, and it's like first time uh, we get introduced to Varen and explore more of like the brown Aja and all the other Aja's like, yes, I'm a brown. I would do that. Mm-hmm. I would just travel around and record stuff and go to excavations yeah I want to say um I think it might have been a while since I read about her her quarters but I want to say they're like skeletons and like really cool stuff I always get that yes wizardy the trollic skull and I was like I want a trollic skull yes um I feel like I have like bare bones this is my art studio and I want to just keep like piling weird stuff in here until it feels kind of like a wizard lair (laughs) absolutely um I guess did we describe this image for people who are listening you did mention it was a boar's tusk uh yeah um so it's a picture of me in my younger days um with brown dreadlocks and like a bandana and I'm holding a toothbrush and a um, boar tusk like at the side of my mouth and yeah so you've been like (laughs) looking very happy cleaning cleaning the tusk with the toothbrush yeah cleaning the osteological finds from uh it's an um iron age sites called Uppåkra in southern Sweden and the like one of the big central places in Sweden during or it's not Sweden during this time but what would become Sweden Um, right so it's really a spectacular site Um, lots of uh, like gold and glass very like exclusive finds and stuff like that so it's really cool to get to do like your studies there yeah and when you find when you find the losing words um when you have when you you find (laughs) that's what it seems so repetitive when you find the finds um where do they go like um museums or libraries or universities or uh eventually they end up in some sort of museum it's the um, so we all operate at like county level so it's the county administrative board that decides uh, where are these finds supposed to go um, sometimes it's with the local museum but if it's like more special exclusive things then it might go to the national museum in stockholm um so so it depends a little bit but yeah yeah very cool and it travels with the stories that you've put together from looking at all the clues you are and a brown Asha. yeah <laughs> hopefully they'll end up in like an exhibition at a museum somewhere and not just in storage very cool very cool okay I'm not sure what's next but here we are number five oh yeah so yeah this is from when uh, Aginor and I got married last year jumping a bit in topics here but I guess uh, this was it's the evolution of our wheel of time story as well yeah um 
so yeah we've been together for almost 16 years now and it took me like oh, i don't know how many i i had finished a memory of light and was maybe a year or two after that that i finally got him to read the books mm, now, now he's he's all hooked on them and he's on his sec or he's on his first reread that we should say Nice. And um, we actually got uh, Kramer and Redding to record our wedding vows. So we had like a Whoa. Wheel of Time style wedding. That is awesome. Black suits and Aginor is in like maroon vest and tie and I'm in green, a green tie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So it was in February last year uh, on the... 22nd of February in 2022 and it was a Tuesday <laughs> so we got a pun in there yeah cool so I guess um when you were reading the books originally you weren't necessarily part of the online fandom so when did you when did that part kind of connect that First time was with Twitter of Time and yeah, when the show was announced. I mean, I had I had no one to talk to about the books until then, more or less. Um, I mean, until until I finally got <laughs> to read them. I had was that after the the TV show had started? Yes. Oh no, no before. Um, before. So it must have been maybe in two thousand. 14 or something 15 somewhere around there um he was studying english at the time and he had to do a book review i was like oh you've been you've been nagging me with these books like forever should i just read them it's like yes yes please i can help you with the book review no no problem (laughs) just here's the eye of the world very cool yeah my husband is watching the show now but he hasn't read the books yet but it's really fun to have that different experience too as a show watcher that doesn't know what's coming and then I'm like okay can you tell me what you think is happening here (laughs) it's been really fun yeah we've gotten our best friend and his girlfriend to watch the show and they're they're really enjoying it but is it really fun to like hear their like what they think is gonna happen and especially in season one it's like who who do you think is a dragon like (laughs) He's like, it's got to be the grumpy ginger. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know um, Nathan picked that out right away too. So I'm like, you guys, you were trying to do the whole mystery thing, but it was like a little bit too obvious. Yeah, but the, then they then they became a little bit unsure after. I was like, oh, well, we we're figuring it was a ginger kid, but and now we're thinking maybe, oh, maybe it's the Italian guy. It's like, who's the well, Italian guy? He does have like. like- oh, Matt. <laughs> he does have a loony theory that um I guess um well obviously we're I was just going through in my head about spoiler levels, but he has a loony theory mm-hmm. that um all of the two rivers folks are kind of the dragon, like they're all the dragon oh, in this okay, turning. Yeah. And so um he still hasn't let that one completely go because he thinks it's cool that they're all developing different powers and stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll see. Okay, let's see what you're next. Yeah, yeah, this is our two cats. (laughs) So the biggest one in the foreground, that's 
Matram or Matt, and the other one is Buddha. So we have one wheel of time named Cat. Um, but the other one, Buddha was named before by my colleague before we got her. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, no worries. I'm going to change her name. That's a pretty good name. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And is Matram always kind of getting into trouble or getting people out uh, of trouble? <laughs> he's a little bit older now, but yes, we have had so many trips to the vet because he constantly got into fights. So he's got oh, no. so many scars and he's broken his leg and he's just, he's just wild. <laughs> but he's a tired old man now. So yes, yes. <laughs> He's calmed down. Love it. Uno. Oh, Uno. So this, it's titled Uno Fan Art Pre-Show. Oh, it's yes. there as well, 2020. So this is, was like my headcanon before the show. It's based on uh, Japanese actor, Japanese-American Ken Watanabe. Uh, no, he's just Japanese. Oh, but he's a star in a lot of American movies um so I used him as like the basis for my Uno because that's always been the shine art and several have been very Japanese uh and I really love Japan it's like my favorite place to be so <laughs> um yeah yeah and I and love I the obviously love Uno so <laughs> obviously yes talk to us about that like what is it about Uno that you resonate with that um, drew you to pick that name for Twitter of Time? And I mean, of course, like I have favorites among Matt is like one of my favorites among the main characters. Matt, Nynaeve, um, then Min and Rand. Rand was my favorite. Rand and Nynaeve, my favorites from the beginning, from like book one. But then like Matt and Min grew on me. And mm-hmm. um, but like among like the side characters i uno always resonated with me he, he's like he's grumpy and he curses <laughs> and it's like he, he he's he's like my my soul animal <laughs> um i don't know i just he's he's a really great character he's I mean, he's the original Dragon Sworn. He's the first Dragon Sworn. He's the first to go to Rand and just like, yes, I'll swear my oaths to you. Um, and he's 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 loyal. He's a good guy. Um, and just rough around the edges. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess show spoiler alert. Um I like my some of my favorite memories of Uno are later in this series. And so I'm just wondering, like, I'm I don't know, I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get some of what happens later. Um I um, I haven't given up hope yet. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I love the design that you did for the eye. Um it like you've still carried do you have a tattoo of that did I see that Uh, earlier yes (laughs) on your hand that's cool so the instant cosplay I can just put it up and instant uno (laughs) nice um but it's it's like 
minimal, but it's bold and it's angry and I I love it. Mm. I think it's changed that design with almost every drawing. <laughs> There's something in the spirit of it, I think that, I mean, we'll move to the next one here in a minute, but it kind of translates through. Um, is this what kind of, like, do you use Procreate or Photoshop or what do you like to do your digital art in? Um, so this is like a paper and pen. Oh, okay. Pencil, pencil drawing from the beginning and then I um, just scanned it and colored it. Okay, in, gotcha. Uh, I think I used Krita for this or something. Maybe Psy. It was, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I've changed programs a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I like to start off with just a pencil sketch and then maybe ink it and then do colors in, in the computer. At this point, I did at least. Now, uh, lately, I've been doing more like with watercolors and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I like I like changing things around and experimenting. So yeah, I, 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 tend, I tend to change my style to from here to here. Yeah. Yeah. So this one says 2022, so it's more recent. Yeah. So of course, this I did that at the end of season one when we finally got to see you know, uh, played by the amazing Guy Roberts, of course. Um, so this is, yeah, it's pen, pencil on paper, and then watercolors, and then just um, some edited in the computer just for like color correction and stuff like that but otherwise it's um just traditional art and yeah. with the updated eye patch <laughs> mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities though i would still say i mean yeah yeah very cool i love the um the watercolor in the background uh, it was it was fun to do, and uh, and the actually, splatters. And guy actually has this picture at home. So cool. Did you? Yeah. Well, I I don't know what order the pictures are in, but so I guess skipping ahead. But this just it made me think of this that you got to see yeah. him actually perform in Shakespeare. Mm, it was so cool. <laughs> it was it was fantastic play and. Both him and Taylor uh, Napier, who plays Maxim, and Jessica, who plays Alwyn now in season two, they were all so amazing. The whole cast was amazing. Uh, so it's a really fun experience. And we went there with, yeah, Loyal's Library, Malkia Talks, and Sulin, uh, and the Agnor there, of course. And then Goat Brother Roger was supposed to be with us, but he got COVID. So, oh. yeah. That's a but we managed to bring him a program at least. Oh, so, that's but, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, so this is my, I think this is the latest that I have done. So it's a Jessica Boone as Alwyn. And I really, I really love the, the Sean Chan outfits and the costumes. Mm. They're so cool. It's it's not like what I imagined in yes. my head, but I, I, I understand that it's hard to bring that to screen in a good way and now here's my cat and <laughs> yes I follow the costume designer on Instagram and I had left a comment like it is so cool seeing these 
this culture that I've been imagining in my head for 20 years, like come to life on the screen, because there's only so far your head can take uh, bug like helmets and like the way they've Mm -hmm. translated that into costumes is just so cool. Yeah, because they need to make it work on screen and actually also be functional in battle. Yes, you can't have like these huge masks and think that they're supposed to be able to fight in them. Yes. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see more of like Turok and yeah. Yeah, every episode we seem to see a little bit more, something from a little bit different part of the Shan Chan culture. And that's definitely been an exciting part of this season, seeing all of that. And they actually had like real nails that I know there was a discussion before the show that oh it's just like metal things that they put mm. on their hands it's not it's not real nails but that that was just decoration they had nails underneath yeah so that was really cool yeah I mean I'm guessing you would need some sort of protection to not just break your nails constantly right they must I mean that's what the lacquer comes in maybe <laughs> just strengthen and then yeah. the little nail cover things um it also dawned on me the latest episode we watched how the innkeeper picked up he was like doing all these nail comparisons and they were slightly different and maybe now we know why they were slightly different after what happened um in episode five so very cool okay let's see what's next oh cosplay (laughs) yes um yeah this was also like my my first uno cosplay before before the show came out and we got to see like the show outfits so it was like oh what how do i sort of imagine mm-hmm. the shine Arns to look like and and they're described as having like the yellow yellow and the black hawk and yeah swords on their back and the slit through the uh, the coat or the cape it's like so just worked from there and like bought the armor and so this is at comic-con stockholm must have been when was this it was a couple of years ago just yeah just before year before the show came out must have been cool and have you done like cosplay before this or was this your first time I uh, no, I've done. A few, I did a Matt cosplay before. Uh, I didn't send you any pictures of that. Um, <laughs> but I never got to wear it to any like events or. I've yeah. just had it at home. <laughs> yeah, it's cool uh, when and, you can wear it with other people, other nerds. Yeah, exactly. So I've only done like Matt and Uno for Wheel of Time, but I've done like. Axel from Kingdom Hearts. Um, What more have I done? Um, Gideon from the Lock Tomb series. You know, that book, uh, those books. Um, I like Spider Man (laughs) because I love Spider Man. -Man. That was like just buying a Spider Man. So it wasn't much me making cosplay. buying a suit um i do not know the lock tomb series so can you tell me about that uh yeah the the tagline is like lesbian necromancers in space 
Okay. That's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty good tagline. Yes. Uh, and like the, the front cover is uh, like a redheaded woman with swords in a skeleton mask. And it's like, I, I, I need to read that book. Okay. Yeah. Draw, so those cover it, images are important. It's it's a really cool series, actually. If you if you like fantasy and you like space Thanks. stuff and uh, like queer literature, then it's a great series. Cool, very cool. I'll try to put um, some of these links in the show notes for anybody else who wants to check it out. So there's been three books so far, and I think the fourth one is supposed to be the last one. Um, so I'm waiting for that. Cool. Yeah. And then here's the new costume. Yes, here's my I have a season one Uno cosplay, but you know, just this is the latest. My season two Uno. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty happy with this one. It was really fun to I make, think... even though I had to like stress to get it done before Malkyricon. I was like, ah, and my sewing machine broke. It started like smoking <laughs> i think it looks like wait i was like just waiting to compliment you and then you said your sewing machine was smoking that's stressful <laughs> i barely yes. finished my cloak before WatCon, but my sewing machine was not smoking so there is that no um, fortunately enough we agonor's mom was kind enough to lend me hers so it's like called her on like Sudden, Sunday morning is like, hi, can we just come over and borrow your sewing machine for a bit? So like, yeah, slight panic, but yeah. yeah, but it looks great. I think they could let you walk right onto set in that and they should. Um, oh. Did you, how did, like, did you paint the hawk on that, yes. on that piece? It looks great. So I just did like a silhouette from a screenshot and then painted it on. Um, Is it yellow paint on black fabric? I uh, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or dark blue, but yeah. Mm. Oh, now I see. Is it blue or black? Is it hood or hair? <laughs> Navy blue. Yes. I see that now. Okay. I think we have more than one. Yeah. Here's the shield. Nice and battered. Yes. I mean, we can't have like, no, I mean, my, my outfit is still a bit too clean. So I need to like wrestle someone, wrestle some <laughs> Sean Shan. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, was, was my first time using, uh, it's made with Ava foam. Hmm. Um, so that was, a, that was a fun new experience. I want to do like more like armor pieces and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really light. So you can really, swing it around very it's, cool. my, it's like it's just glue and foam and just with some paint <laughs> but nice. I, it looks pretty it proud looks of good it, and I mean, is, for a is, first is, attempt i think uh, i think it passed <laughs> i think it more than passed um how about your sword is that foam too or is that metal yeah it's foam but i i did not make that one that's that's store-bought <laughs> yeah well it all works together brilliantly and the nice lace-up boots and the eye patch yeah very cool it looks fun to wear 
and it's comfy that's like the best part because like yes. last oh no not last year but this year um in april at uh jordan con i i bought like i bought full armor and it was it dug mm-hmm. into my shoulders it was so uncomfortable it's like no i should just make foam armor <laughs> yes yes there's something to be said for comfort in cosplay mm-hmm. for sure for sure absolutely and then here you are with agonor yes it's is that um Malkyricon? yes so it was just yeah, just the other weekend and uh, agonor is wearing his lovely steampunky goggles and uh, has a little baby fade with him <laughs> has that wild crazed look in the eye yeah he he's good with that <laughs> <laughs> and he's he a did, science teacher um, so it fits like with his a whole... science teacher yeah very cool um you guys did the ghostbusters this year for what idol didn't you Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, I'm I'm getting flashbacks to that from seeing you together. Very no, cool. that was that was fun as well. Yeah, I kept trying to vote that one through. <laughs> it was a really fun one. And I, I really love that we like find we have wheel of time together now. It's not just yeah. me being a nerd and he, he's just fallen in love with all of this as well and like the community. So Yeah, that's so um, cool. I hope to be able to bring him to oh, both of us to get to WatCon one of these days so we can meet like more Americans. That would well. be fun. I, I'm hoping, I don't know, I should maybe not jinx myself, but touch wood. I'm hoping if I can save up to come to MalkyrieCon next year, um, but I'll for sure be at WatCon. Um, yeah, there's nothing like meeting the other fans. No, it's it's so great and this community is uh, it's, it's been so amazing everyone is so welcoming and you can you can be the person that you want to be and the person that you are and you don't have to like yeah change yeah. yourself for anyone it's so cool and it it should be more common but i'm just glad that we have it we have it in this little corner of the internet <laughs> Yes, and this is obviously Matrim's cosplay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is like the my oldest cat, and we made a little broad-brimmed hat for him and a little black scarf for... I don't know when we did this. I think it might have been for a Christmas picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the eyes. They're just, like, really yeah. big. Yeah, very cute. You have to cosplay your cat when it when his name is Matrim. Exactly. He didn't like it. I mean, we he had that on for like two seconds, but we managed to get some pictures at least. Tell him next it's lace. Mm. <laughs> it has a little bow tie. <laughs> lace around the paws. Yeah. Uh, all right um so more more wheel of time nerdery with agonor so we 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 always loved traveling together um uh so this is when we went to prague in february and uh, visited a lot of wheel of time filming locations um so if you recognize this, this is from um like the when 
the white cloaks are chasing uh, mm. uh, Aram and Pern and Egwene, and they run past like some weird statues in the forest. Yeah. So we went to see that. Um, and so those were like actually there. That wasn't made for the show. No, no, no. Uh, I, what was his name? It was actually uh, hobbyist sculptor, which is he, um, a local man named Vaclav Levy, I think, in the 1840s. He was working like at some sort of castle nearby. And in his free time, he just went out into the forest and made a lot of carvings. Because all is like sandstone, so it's really soft. Mm. So it's really and the whole forest is like it's like an hour outside Prague, maybe. And that whole area is just full of these sculptures, and it's so cool. So yeah, and it definitely. I recommend anyone going to like Prague or Malkyricon next year. So take a few days and just go visit these locations because it's so cool. And they look huge. They are, and these are not even like the biggest ones. I think the biggest ones were like 10, 12 meters, uh, called like the devil faces or something, like three really big. Yeah, faces. it definitely feels like something that would be in the Wheel of Time because they're always like sitting um, on a rock and then they're like, oh, that's a giant toe or something. Yeah. <laughs> there are all these and it just looks like a rock and then you find out it's a sculpture from the Age of Legends. So that's whoever did the location scouting on that one mm. found a real gem. And it's like a lovely forest and you can just walk around there. And yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. And this is another yeah. filming location? Yeah, so this is Breen Spring, the quarry town where they met. Mm. Um, Matt and Tom uh, and yeah. Dana. Yes, my mind just went blank there for a bit. So that's actually like an old quarry that they use for a lot of filming. They also filmed uh, the movie Medieval with Gary Roberts. Um and there were there were signs up when we were there that they were about to do some sort of a other film. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. It was a great location. And people go swimming there. You're not supposed to because it's really dangerous because, because it's an abandoned quarry, but apparently during the summers it's full of people just bathing there. But the, like the the ledges were really steep, and Agnor is afraid of heights, so he was like, like, nope, nope, not mm. getting closer than this." <laughs> yep, close enough. You can see mm. it. It looks like a cold day too. It was, I mean, it was February, so it was a little yeah. bit chilly. <laughs> okay, here we are back at. Yeah. Yeah. So this was. Um yeah, just about a month ago. Um, we all went there to see Romeo and Juliet with Taylor and Jessica and Guy. Um yeah, it was so much fun. So it was yeah. outside, was it where was there like a set or was it kind of like a minimal stage or 
yeah, it was uh, like a pretty small outs, uh, outdoor stage. Uh, it was at uh, Liechtenstein Palace in the courtyard. Sounds very fancy. But it was like a yeah, nice building in central Prague. Um, so it, and it was just like for one night, it was part of like the summer Shakespeare festival. So it was a lot of Shakespeare stuff going on, but mm -hmm. this was the only one with um, the Prague Shakespeare Company where Guy Roberts is the director. Yeah, very cool. So it was like, no, we, we need to go see this. <laughs> yes. I How far is that from where you are? Um, I mean, it's it's like... If you can get a direct flight, it's like one and a half hours. Um, we during our first visit, we we drove there, so it was like thirteen hours drive, maybe. It's um, always fascinating to me how close together things are over there in Europe, because in America everything is far apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not like, too I, bad to pop over for a weekend. Yeah, like that seems totally a must it's, do. it's, it's doable yeah for sure mm. and we got to hang out and chat a bit after the show yeah. and that was really cool they're very nice people so that's yeah. always great to know um yeah it definitely seems true of this cast okay here's uh, we got your Flickrverse hat on <laughs> yeah bones yeah so jumping topics again but yeah here we're back at my office so now I'm not studying anymore. Now I'm a full osteologist and archaeologist. Um, yeah, working with bones and old stuff all day. So what are well, tell uh, us? Tell me about these bones here in the picture. Uh, the big one at the top is a moose skull that I've prepared mm -hmm. myself. Uh, so it's a. I mean, when when you're working with uh, archaeological uh, skeletal remains and animal bones you usually don't find like a whole skeleton and you can mm. tell like oh of course this is a whole moose lying here you <laughs> often like feel uh, find um, it could be burnt bones uh, or just small pieces and you need like a good reference collection to like compared little pieces of bone that you have um, to like modern specimens that you know, oh, I know this is like uh, a sheep or a fox or, and you can, so I, I have a lot of like modern bones that I can use for my, yeah, as my reference collection for analyzing old and fragmented stuff. Uh, so we have like, a moose skull on top and we have a wild boar um, and there's a sheep in the background there and I think it's a small cat skull uh, at the bottom or a fragment of one so this is and one of my shelves <laughs> yeah and you just have more of them yeah and you need like fish bones and bird bones and so you, you really need like a big collection of stuff build up a collection yeah it's Very it's cool. easier to have like the physical bones and just look at like pictures. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's and a tactile science in a way. Are those like giant teeth in front of the moose skull? Is the, are those different bones, or am I seeing 
Oh yeah, looking but at? it's not teeth. It's uh, like the end of the um, um, metacarpals, the like these hand hand bones. Okay, but yeah, from that angle, it, it kind of looks like teeth. It kind of looks well, cause especially because there's a teeth above. It kind of like um, yeah. gave that um, impression. So would that be from the moose as well? Yes. Yeah, really big. And then I guess while we have this up is a great time to talk about the Flickerverse. Yeah. So how did so, that come about and how are you enjoying it? Uh, I'm enjoying it very much. So it was born from a bit of a frustration of almost never being able to catch live shows, but because they're always like American timed. Mm-hmm. Um usually around 2 3 a.m for me so it's like i know it's no unless way. it's something really really special or i'm invited as a guest or something i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna stay up on a work day to watch yeah. that it's because then i would be not doing work <laughs> the day after um so I, I guess i started a bit screaming into the <laughs> void of twitter of time just hey can't can't someone do something um like not that's a european time zone or yeah and nobody did so it's like okay can i gather some people (laughs) yeah it was definitely much needed yeah so i just i i just tweeted out hey would anyone be interested in like doing some sort of European live show and I think uh, I mean of course I talked with Agenor about it but I think Camille was the first to respond and then yeah Sulin and Andrel and Goat Brother and Rob all like yeah sure we can do this and it just evolved after that and uh my, one of my favorite parts in all of Wheel of Time is the whole flicker scene. It's like one of my absolute favorite scenes. Um, so I, we we wanted to do something that was not exactly what everyone else is doing. It's like, okay, well, what if we do just like, what ifs? What if this happened? What if this happened? And just have fun speculating about all the possible mirror worlds in the Wheel of Time. Yeah, I love it. I've been able to join a few times and it's yeah. actually a better time for me as well because at night it's my kids' bedtime and so it's a lot easier. I mean, I am privileged because I work from home so I can just watch a live stream over lunch pretty easily. Um, so that's been like the whole vibe of it and just being able to like riff off of ideas and stuff. The chat's really fun and um, I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes if people haven't had a chance to watch live or watch the recordings it's pretty awesome yeah i mean it's fun because you you never know exactly where the conversation is going to (laughs) go yeah because it's always like oh but if that happened then maybe that wouldn't have happened and right all the the spirals (laughs) yeah and there's usually something really fun that kevin can make a meme out of um and yeah all that's fun So I'm hoping we can just continue developing yeah. the show and yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Let's see. 
Okay, we've got another excavation here. Yes. Um, so yeah, like I said, I uh, mostly specialize in bones, but I mean, as I, I work within contract archaeology, so we we can't pick and choose the excavations that we do. Um, mm -hmm. It's all decided by the county administrative board. And so uh, I have to excavate anything from like Stone Age to uh, like 19th century stuff. Um, but what I find most interesting is like it's human and animal remains. So this is uh, from a sort of late medieval, early modern cemetery that we excavated between 2013 and 2018. So it was a really long like infrastructure project that involved archaeology, like rebuilding a whole um, um, part of like uh, northern Gothenburg. Uh, so this was uh, like um, in, in in the mostly in the 1500s. This was a sort of port town. Uh, Gothenburg hadn't been founded by then, so it's like the the precursor to Gothenburg, one can say. And it's like at that point, it was Sweden just had like a small strip of land that was like the uh, the port to the west to get into the ocean. So like just a bit north, we had Norway and then just a bit south, there was Denmark. So this was like an important port town to get in, trade in and out from the west. And there was a big cemetery. And I think we excavated about 12, 1300 skeletons and analyzed and um, yeah. Um, so this is, uh, in the picture, it's a grave with six men that were most likely sh soldiers. Uh, they were shot, at least three of them, and they all had like battle wounds and things like that. So it was, I mean, at this point, Sweden was like always at war with, I, yeah, either Denmark or Norway. And it was a uh, uh, tumultuous time. <laughs> One could say yeah so tell me about some of the tools that we're seeing in the image and um, I'm guessing the markers are where you're mark like the little pointy things are like markers of what you've discovered what you've unearthed yeah so I think these have like num numbers on them for we always um oh, yeah. I'm I'm losing words now, but map things with the mm. GPS. So we get like, yeah, we get a map of the skeleton. So the so this is here, this is here, and we can see where everything fits together. And we do matrices. We can see that oh, this grave was X um, was dug before this one, and we get like the whole stratigraphy of the cemetery. Or we try to at least. It's not always possible, but. So we like, oh, these are the late 1400s skeletons, and then we have the early 1500s, and then, yeah. Um, and we try to do analyses and like study demography and like if we can see changes in like 
diseases or uh, certain types of injuries or things like that from that. Um, I mean, when you excavate a cemetery, it's more with the smaller tools than with big excavator, uh, but we use we use a lot of big tools <laughs> most of the time. It it's not a lot of like you see in movies that you know just lying there brushing. No, no, we we have <laughs> deadlines. We need to like yeah. We're always stressed um, because we have like the yeah construction that wants to start and things like that. So and we have budgets, everything like that. So we can't just yeah go around at our leisure <laughs> i'm guessing that's why you have like the ear defenders on your helmets yeah we usually have big machines around us all the time so yeah they do the like deep work and then you get in there and yeah so we, we, we unearth everything with the big excavator and um and it, it, it's hard when it's a cemetery because you know you're gonna you're going to damage stuff. You're mm. going to damage bones. You're going to damage graves, but you can't avoid it. It's it's not possible. You can't dig up 1,300 skeletons with just one, a shovel. One toothbrush at a time. <laughs> no, no. it's <laughs> Yeah. We would never get the budget for that. <laughs> yes. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. And then uh, like these parts, uh, the plastic with the stones covering them, is that for is that to cover a particular area or I think that was just to like so that the small toe bones wouldn't right like that makes sense that was my instinct I was like escape. is that protecting the feet there okay and then there's probably something down here yeah so the these skeletons are actually these are very like late skeletons so probably 1600 so they were pretty close to the surface and have been more damaged than the ones that were like dug deeper into the ground. Um, so you can see they're quite fragmented. Yeah, that makes Probably sense. Probably the, the last part of before the town was abandoned and you started building Gothenburg instead. So it's okay. like, as, as I said before, it's, it's about like recreating stories sounds like what what happened to this person who who was this person and i mean we we can never of course know for sure but at least it's one way to preserve their memory i guess yeah i think for me those stories really helped me relate like my like my experience of history was very story based and so it's a subject that i'm really interested in whereas my husband's experience of history was to memorize dates which mm. is is not a connection like that's i uh, maybe some people connect to that number people <laughs> but for story people there's something about like at least trying to put together the clues about who this person might have been that can that can make us care about history and to learn from what it has to teach us. Okay. I realize we've been talking a long time. We've got yeah. five pictures left. So I'm going to move us along. Yes. This is another archaeology or osteoarchaeology yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to like add some different pictures um, of like 
look how nice and sunny it can be. I'm not wearing a hard hat. I'm sitting <laughs> right. here uh, drawing a post hole, um, having a nice and lovely time. <laughs> and that, But that's not, that's like maybe one, two percent of the time. Um, so I think if we skip to like the next. Yeah, picture, okay. Um, Just it looks different on every day, basically. This one's in the rain. Yeah, and sometimes it's like this. It's just a lot of mud a lot of mud <laughs> and it's uh, it's heavy and you mm. get home with sore shoulders yeah and, yeah um yeah yeah I um, think when I you I think maybe this is what no we'll get there in a minute but you posted a picture <laughs> to discord and I was like wait a minute are you like an archaeologist and you're like it's osteoarchaeology and it's not as glamorous as it sounds <laughs> I'm like I still think it's pretty awesome but I love that you've got the pictures to show us the range of how it looks on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis so here you are in the snow yeah this is this is not good archaeology but sometimes uh like with deadlines and everything we we have to I feel you it's like that in the arts too <laughs> so yeah um I mean, it, it used to be like that we mostly did work during like this summer, like spring till seasons. Fall. Yeah. But budgets have gotten tighter, timelines have gotten tighter, everything has just gotten more, more stressed. So there aren't any seasons anymore. It's just, mm. okay. I mean, if, if it's like permafrost, then of course, it's, it's it's impossible and then we just have to say that i'm sorry we can't do this right because the ground um, is completely frozen <laughs> yeah it's like okay then we need a, like a budget for heating mats and mm. like a big tent and, and no one's going to pay for that so yeah it's like either we wait until the frost goes away or you'll have to just pay for big tents and yeah so this photo is kind of like look what they have me doing today yeah <laughs> yeah i can't believe i'm out here in the snow doing this okay this was the one where you posted this to discord and i think you said something about swan or go ahead you can tell me about it and i'll listen i think that this is like a bowl that swan would have had in her like um eat from or something um so yeah it's a fish bowl <laughs> And we, I, I, I asked my colleague, because I didn't find this, this was one of my colleagues um, out in another site in Gothenburg. It's like an old, yeah, it's it's the old um, uh, sort of port harbor area uh, of Gothenburg. So it might be like 19th century. Um, and uh, we don't know yet exactly where it comes from. It's not it's not made in Sweden. Uh, someone had a theory it might be somewhere from Britain or maybe Dutch, but still not clear on the exact dates and where it was made. But it's I mean, it's, it's a big trade port, so it could be European at least, but we don't know exactly exactly and where yet. some kind of pottery yes yeah um 
it's uh, one this, of those this weird... is not my <laughs> sorry this yeah is not, not, not your expertise. not bones but um i think it's some sort of glazed redware i don't i think that's that was term. my i've done a little bit of pottery from the modern maker mm -hmm. side of things and i was mm -hmm. kind of seeing some red clay signs of red clay it's a really weird something about i don't know if it's the image or the bowl it almost can look like the fish is popping out or the fish is recessed in it has that weird kind of mc mm. vibe to it um but yeah i could definitely see swan having that in the omerlin study mm. um very much so i think it's really cool so i hope we find out more about it later yeah keep us updated I love that so much. I don't know what type of fish it's supposed to be. An eel, maybe? I don't know. It's like... It, it has... looks a bit... Or a pike. I don't know. I don't know enough about fish, but like it has a long kind of whitish head with the eyes kind of on top. And then it's mm -hmm. like curled in on itself. It has the tail in the middle. And then it, it almost it seems a like... like a pike to me, but... Yeah, it almost seems like there's the fish and then there's also a border that seems like yeah some extra uh, yeah yeah so it gives like a very ouroboros effect mm -hmm. um it could definitely be a terangriol for sure okay we're at the last picture and then we'll wrap things up um because we this one's gone pretty long but thank you yeah. so much for talking to me this has been so cool so what are we looking at here yeah, so in, in in contrast to like the 19th century bowl, then we have an Iron Age little cup that I found, and it's like pretty uncommon in in our field and in yeah. Sweden to find like complete complete pottery, uh, especially when it's like maybe 1500, 2000 years old. So it was yeah. like oh, it's it was so cute. <laughs> um so this is from yeah an iron age site uh pretty close to where i live actually um and we had lots of these long houses and uh hearts and cooking pits and in one of the pits i found one of these little little cups uh not sure what they might have used it for but anyone's idea <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, and we also found a piece of bread in one of the post holes, which was really cool. It wow. was all like charcoal, but yeah, we sent it for analysis, and it actually came back as uh, a, a bun, and what do you call it when not yeasted, but when <laughs> yeah. Um, Arisen, it wasn't flatbread it was right flat. right yeah. yeah and they had used like wheat and um, legumes and stuff in it so amazing that we can learn yeah. these things. two thousand year old bread is like oh my god it's so cool was it was it like preserved because it had been burned or like yeah. the conditions that it was in yeah if it hadn't been burned it wouldn't have been preserved right that makes sense and you, it also, you know, you, you start, okay, why why is there like burnt bread in this post hole? Is it like some sort of 
offering like for when when you built the house or wh why why would you put it there was it just mm. like oh we just i burnt the bread i'll just shove it down this post so no one will notice or yeah so it, it's it's all about like the yeah your work is kind telling. of the flicker verse <laughs> a <Yeah>. little <laughs> what if this what if that how did this happen yeah. very cool yeah okay. so i mean we have like the we have some facts that we know for sure okay this happened we have right. we have these clues but what do we make of it yeah very cool very cool so thank you for being the first guest at the studying i will let people know where to follow you on twitter and how to subscribe to the Flickrverse, and link to some of the other things that you mentioned down in show notes and um yeah i guess that's it for today thank you so much for having me it's been really fun <laughs> Thanks for joining me at The Studying. I'm taking an Ogier-like pace with this project, so you can expect one to two episodes a month. You can subscribe to the video feed at YouTube or the audio feed wherever you find your podcasts. There will be links to that and all of the things mentioned in today's episode in show notes below as well as the studying merch made by our very own new creations by Jen, the studying discord server, a place to geek out over enthusiasms that may expand beyond the world of the wheel of time. There's also a Patreon if you'd like to support in that way, or you can also help simply by spreading the word, posting episodes on social media or sending them to a friend. I hope to see you again at the studying. Your name sings in my ears. <laughs>